What is up? Happy Featured Friday. Welcome to episode 199 of the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Brian Lofermento, and in today's episode, I'm bringing to you an interview with Petra Kolber. Petra is incredible. She's an internationally renowned fitness expert and wellness leader who is known throughout the industry as a crusader for change and a beacon of authentic happiness. In her 25 years in the fitness world, she's starred in and choreographed 60 award-winning videos and fitness programs, and she has spoken live to thousands of motivated followers. She's been the face and voice of leading food and fitness companies such as Reebok, Spry Living, and California Walnuts. Her book recently came out. It's called The Perfection Detox, Tame Your Inner Critic, Live Bravely, and Unleash Your Joy, and get excited because Petra is an incredible human being as well as a great entrepreneur and just an inspiring person to listen to. She's a two-time cancer survivor, and I'm so excited for you to hear her brilliance in today's episode. So I'm not going to say anything else. Let's dive into my interview with Petra Kolber. Excited to have you on the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast, especially after right before I hit record, I got to make a little bit of fun of you for your Scouse accent. So, Petra, officially, welcome to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you, Brian. It is awesome to be here. As always, say in Liverpool, it's bloody brill to be here. <laughs> I love it. So, I told listeners a little bit about you in this episode's introduction. Fill in the gaps. Tell us your story in 60 seconds or less. Who is Petra and what do you do? I think Petra is still a work in progress. What I do now, Brian, I am a speaker and an author. And really, you know, I'm I'm just like your show. I, I'm that entrepreneur who's finding her way in the world, had a very traditional um, kind of uh, a career in the world of fitness for 25 years and recently pivoted over into being more of a mindset motivator than a body motivator. And yeah, so right now I'm blessed to be out in the world speaking to people like yourself, to audiences around the country about how to find the best version of you and how to leave perfection um, on the sidelines and bring more of you to whatever it is that you desire to share in the world. I love that. And Petra, one of my favorite questions to ask entrepreneurs, because I get it myself as an entrepreneur, is how the heck do you make money? <laughs> you know, I have to be honest, Brian, I, I was, I'm still using a little bit of my runway income. I was successful for, you know, I had a great career in fitness, which is you don't always make money doing what you love. And I was lucky to work with big brands that gave me a little bit of a runway when I decided to change to, you know, really earn money on my own name, my own brand. So I, the way I make money right now is not necessarily the way I would recommend it to your audience. I kind of because I had an audience from the fitness world, I was lucky to be able to step into the speaking world at a pretty decent price point. Because um, I had done my 10,000 hours, you know, grapevining and squatting and burping as I spoke. 
And then I got a book deal two years ago, but as anyone knows, you don't get rich from a book. So right now, I would say most of my income is coming from speaking, and I still know there's so much work I need to do to bring my message online, create more one-to-one experiences, one-to-many experiences. So right now, I'd say most of my money is from speaking, but again, that's a hard nut to crack You know, when you're first starting out. Yeah, totally. And it's something I always think it's so interesting. I have so many entrepreneurial friends who do the speaking circuits. They make really good living that way. I mean, I've got one friend who $12,000 a speech and he does a few of those every single month. So it definitely adds up quick and it is a viable revenue stream. Talk to me about the logistics, especially transitioning from someone who worked in a more traditional work setting for somebody else to now pivoting to working for yourself. What's that been like when it comes to finding customers and clients? Mm, great question. You know, I got I hate to say it's luck meaning preparation, you know, an opportunity is those it's all of the above. I mean, the thing about the world that we live in today, Brian, it's so fast moving and there is not a one stop solution for me. I got to speak in front of large audiences quickly. And luckily for me, I have done no outreach on my speaking. That's going to change big time when my book comes out because like your friend, I get sporadic speaking engagements that pay well. I'm just like, I'm looking at my calendar going, oh, if I did two of these a month, I would be set, you know, and then it'd be able me to like have some breathing room to create new content and really flush out my ideas of how I want to bring things out. So a lot of how people find me right now is me speaking one to many. But I know if I put some, I'm, I'm really a creative. I am not great at organization. So I actually just hired someone to help me do the outreach because I'm a Brit, as you have heard. <laughs> and it is so hard to sell myself. And I just thought if I can remember, it's not about selling myself, but sharing my impact and my message, then I can do more outreach. So I'm having someone to help. So I think it's also learning as part of this process of being an entrepreneur is learning your strengths and also where you need help. And a big part for me, Brian, is I am terrible at selling myself. I can promote the heck out of anyone else. So I'm getting someone to help me with that. And then with the book, then you know, really taking that brand, that one message, my one word, and moving that out into multiple revenue streams. Because, you know, as with anything, you know, you can speak really, you know, you can speak at one event for one year, they're probably not going to have you back again for a year or two. So it's just like diversifying my own brand and my message, probably a big part of my goal for 2019. Awesome. I love that. And it's really cool when when anyone goes to your homepage, which I want you to share that URL, but the very first thing that they see is happiness, the real key to success. And I'm sure that there are parallels between life, fitness, which is your area of expertise, and business when it comes to that tagline. So talk to us about why happiness is the real key to success. I think it's all mindset. You know, I'd say to people, you know, for 25 years, I studied from the neck down when I wish I'd been studying from what's going on between the ears. Because I think especially whether you're starting out, whether you're pivoting your brand, whether you're, you know, taking that leap before you know if it's going to work. It's all about do I choose to look at everything I know I have inside of me? Do I choose to honor the strength that I have? 
Not saying there's not work that I want to do. There's not things I still need to learn. There's not um, people I need to ask for help. But yet I'm going to do it from a mindset of all that I am versus all that I am not. And I know for me for a long time, that's what held me from becoming the writer, from moving off the stage where I was moving first and then speaking. I say trading in my um, pumps for my high heels. Um, it took a lot of that was my mindset going, oh, who am I? And I was focusing on all my gaps. So I went back to school for positive psychology and I was like, oh, my gosh. It's just where you place your focus. I really believe success has not, as of course it has to do with your talents, your expertise, your skill set. But I really think what separates the good from the great is that mindset and belief of my message is worthy of sharing it with others. I am worthy of being the person to stand in front of the audience or write the book or not making me any better or puffing up, but owning my worth. I love it. Brene Brown says, own who you are without puffing up or that false humility, then unfortunately, Brian, because I grew up in England, we are not taught to dream big. We are not taught to know your strengths, to have pride. And so I think when you really can take that mindset, what and happiness means different things to all of us. But I think for the entrepreneur, you know, hey, if we can get to do what we love and make an income, to support ourselves, sharing what it is that we love. I can't think of any, a greater, you know, description of what happiness is, yet to get to that point, we are going to battle our own demon, demons. We are going to be our own brick wall. We are going to be our own worst critic. So when you take the science of positive psychology and again, focus on all that you are versus all that you think you should be, that's where I think the magic happens. Yeah, I think there's a lot of really strong things in what you just said right there. But one of the biggest themes of what you just said was self-worth. And Petra, now I'm thinking about all the questions that I've been asked over my 10 years of being an entrepreneur. And one of the most consistent ones that people are amazed about when it comes to my own entrepreneurial journey is they ask, well, who are you to do that? And I always laugh when I get asked that because I'm like, well, I'm me and you're you. Like anyone can do anything that they want to do. But Petra, at the core for so many entrepreneurs is that imposter syndrome of, of asking themselves that question, well, yeah, who am I? And Petra, who are you to be sharing this stuff with the world? Who are you to say that you're an expert in happiness and success? What's your answer to that? How do you get over imposter syndrome? Because like me, I'm sure that you also wake up some days and you're like, well, yeah, who am I to do this? Oh my gosh, you even asking that question just gave me like hives. <laughs> I'm going, oh my God, they found me out. I really don't belong here. You know what the bottom line is? As you say, the imposter syndrome, we all have it. And some of the most successful people, they say 70% of the therapists, hopefully not on the day that we're going for therapy, also feel like imposters. So I think what it is, Brian, it's the biggest lesson I've learned is my schooling, like my biggest my biggest failing, my biggest um, battle with myself for many years, I call it like enoughness. I'm not smart enough, thin enough, young enough, old enough, wise enough, whatever your enoughness is. And mine for many years was, ooh, I'm not smart enough. And you, you just asked that question, spoke to my enoughness. It just dinged right in because I always felt like if I had a PhD or a master's after my name, then I would have earned my right to be speaking on the stage, to be writing the book, to be having this conversation with you, Brian. Bottom line is, 
who are we not to be? I mean, there's that famous line, if not who, if not you, who? What I think the unique asset and skill set that we so often undervalue is the school of life. What, what my life lessons, my struggles, my backstory, that's where I get to connect to the customer, the audience. You and I might be teaching the exact same material. I mean, science is science, research is research. We can all put our twist and our turn on it, but it's not really about what I'm doing. It's about how is the audience receiving this? And when I can get over my imposter syndrome, because what that does is actually separates me from the very part of myself that my audience would be relating to. I always and very much often talk about this. I say people don't connect to perfect. We connect in the cracks. But if I'm living from a place of my imposter syndrome, I'm going to try and make myself the perfect speaker, the perfect writer, not for the idea of being perfect, but to make up for my gaps to make up for this lack of feeling enough. When I can get rid of that or put it in the sidecar, not in the driver's seat of my life, I get to bring all of myself to the research that I have learned. I'm not creating the research, but I'm learning it and I'm implementing it and I'm putting it it into a methodology that's Petra's unique proposition. And then what the caveat is that the secret sauce, then you bring your full self. Your, it's so overused, Brian, but it's your authentic self. And I, I think what we often feel as entrepreneurs is, especially when we're seeing other people in the space that we want to be in, well, so-and-so's already done it. They're doing it better. They're doing it this way. And gosh, that can spin us into procrastination. You know, and comparison is the thief of joy. Stop comparing and start doing Put your imperfect voice out into the world. Share your struggles. And I say, you know, I've turned my pain into my passion and hopefully, you know, a profit down the road because we all have to keep a roof over our head. But often the very thing that we're trying to hide is the very thing that your audience would connect to and then lead you to your offerings and whatever it is that you have to offer the people you're trying to serve. Yeah, Petra, that is extremely powerful. And listeners, I hope that you come back and revisit that answer of Petra's time and time again. Anytime you face the imposter syndrome, it's the best answer I've ever gotten surrounding the the imposter syndrome. So Petra, thanks for that. I just want to add a little bit to that because you said some really powerful things and I want to reiterate those points for listeners. And one of the biggest things that you said is, it doesn't matter how many other people are doing something, because the school of life means that we all have different lessons that we've picked up along the way. And in particular, when I was writing my first book, when I was writing Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur, so many people said the same thing to me. They said, well, Brian, aren't there already a bunch of other books on entrepreneurship? And I don't know where I got this from, but my only comeback to that was, well, yeah, but I've never written one. And no one's ever written one the way that I can. And so I've always viewed it as my obligation to put my stuff out into the world. Because whether or not it's completely new information, which I would argue, by the way, Petra, nothing we're putting out is completely new information. It's just our perspective. And people are going to resonate with different perspectives. Talk about that for a little bit. Well, I think you know, there's a great TED Talk out there, and um, I'll get you the link, Brian, so you can share it. It was, I think it was, it was all about music. 
And it really helped me. I was feeling so stuck when I started writing my book. Same thing. Brene Brown talks about, uh, you know, authenticity, vulnerability, perfectionism, Elizabeth Gilbert. I mean, talk about people in the same realm. And these are like the icons. I'm like, oh, my God, if ever my imposter syndrome was going to step up and stop me. But yet no one had done it in the way like you had said in your way there was a great ted talk i think it's called it's all in the remix like even the beatles even some of the greatest um music out there it wasn't original if you go back in we are all um we are all remixes of the people who've inspired us who books we have read um online courses we've done we you know we you know it's all a it, like you say, it's all a mix. And then the secret sauce is what do you choose to do with that? If you then go and regurgitate someone else's work, you don't deserve to succeed. But if that's an inspiration, if that's just a catalyst, like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And then it catalyst, you know, it brings you to a new, new level of creativity. And like, ah, oh, if that's a spark of creativity versus plagiarism, very different. But as you said, nothing is really new. And this TED Talk, I was like, okay, if the Beatles can, you know, borrow a little bit of this, if the Who can borrow, Patrick Holbert can borrow a little bit of this. And, you know, I have quotes from people in the book. I have other people's stories. But if we try to be original, the thing that makes us unique is us and our perspective on the research, how we implement it into the work that we're doing. And and then you just have to let it go. And I think another thing that helped me, Brian, was the minute I start thinking about me, like, who am I to be doing this? What are people going to say about me? I start, I don't consider myself egoic, but of course we all have to have a healthy ego to be doing what we're doing. But when I bring it on to me, like I'm looking for the five-star review on the book, I'm looking for a five-star evaluation in my speaking, it always takes me to the worst part of myself, that inner critic, that judge and jury. So I find myself doing that, I move it off what I'm receiving and onto what I am giving. When I bring it back to the audience, I want to give them a five-star experience. I want to give them, um, you know, an, an amazing journey when they're with me. Does it mean everyone's going to love me? No. And again, you let, let's talk about remixing. One of my favorite writers and thought leaders out there is Seth Golden. And he says, to be remarkable means you will be remarked upon, the good and the not so good. And so when I remember that too, um, you know, don't let the critics get to your heart. Don't let the, you know, praise go to your head. Get it off us and onto the people we're trying to serve. And I think that really helps moves a, move us out of a place of procrastination and self-doubt and into inspired action. And yeah. also realize not everyone's going to love what you do. I love that, Petra. That... I take back what I said about your last answer being the best answer I've ever heard. That right there, that's going to be the snippet for every single time that I market this episode. I think that right there is super powerful for every entrepreneur, new, experienced, successful, not successful, whoever it is, that right there is what they need to hear time and time again. So thank you for that. I want to call something out, Petra, because I want to hear your perspective on it. Because when I read these words on my computer screen, I'm just like, you know what? There's a human behind these words, and I need to hear Petra's take on it, and that is, you are a two-time cancer survivor. Now, fortunately, I've never gone through cancer myself. I'm still young. 
Who knows what battles there will be in my life moving forward. But Petra, you have had all the reasons in the world to lose faith in yourself, to lose faith in the world, to lose faith in humanity. Yet you are overwhelmingly, and and one of our mutual friends, Rachel Gogos, she says this about you as well. You're overwhelmingly one of the most positive people that she's ever met, that I've ever met. Talk about that. What was that journey like? Because Petra, remember, for so many people, that's the reason why they didn't succeed. They point the finger, oh, you know, I would have started my business, but I had cancer. Oh, I would have started my business, but I went through this. Talk about that journey. I mean, the bottom line is you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And, you know, look, I'm just going to be completely honest. I mean, right now, as we sp- speak, I just got results back and guess who's going for another biopsy tomorrow? Me. I know it's going to be fine, but yet we if we keep waiting to put our hopes and dreams and ideas into the world until the perfect time, you know, life is going to always throw us a curveball. And it's weird during that time I actually did my best living cuz you don't wait. You're like Oh my God, you know, I've just been told, I mean, lucky both my prognosis were, were, you know, were, were good. You know, the outcome was like 98%, you're going to be fine. But during that time, I did more. I put more action behind my life because this whole idea of failure, who care? I didn't care. You know, this whole idea of people judge me, I didn't care. When you're, you're faced with this, when we're faced with our mortality, that's when stuff gets really real. And so I think this idea of waiting, I think that is terrifying. I used to be so afraid of failure. And now my definition of failure is not trying because, you know, we think we we think we have this idea of certainty in our career, in our whatever it might be. And all it takes is one second, one phone call, one change of certainty. And like we say, the one thing we know for certain is change. So. And I think that helps the entrepreneur mind because when we wait for a certain outcome, (laughs) let's put it back to the work aspect. If I'm waiting to know that the outcome is going to be perfect, if I know, if I'm waiting for the time to see that customers are going to buy what I'm selling, if I'm waiting to, for the book to be written, because I'm waiting for it to know, to be told that it will be a bestseller, perfect time never happens. But what does happen is your life is ticking away. And I now know, Brian, I, and I'm just saying this because of my age, I have more years behind me than ahead of me. And that, that you're way younger, but that moment happens faster than you realize. <laughs> so for all you youngsters out there, don't wait. Time is a luxury and it is ticking. And don't wait for the perfect anything. Don't wait for the fear to go away. It won't. It just means you're doing stuff that matters. But let's not wait for time to be on our side because it's always a changing don't and you know there's that saying you know live as though it's your last day you know i think that's a bit dramatic because i don't think you want to do that but you certainly want to live um like cherishing this day as though it is you know one of the few that you have been gifted Yeah, I love that insight. And that's definitely the biggest theme of the podcast in 2018 is that sense of urgency. There will never be a right time. The only right time is right now. It's just like that old Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. (laughs) The second best time is right now. So I absolutely love that. Love that advice. Petra, you've been a wealth of knowledge. So I want to 
get one last answer out of you, especially since you've got a really unique vantage point as a newer entrepreneur who's yet so experienced and so well-known in your field. What's your best advice for entrepreneurs as they set out to build a business that they love? Mm, Great question. Ask for help. Do not be afraid to ask for help. I think we the biggest lesson I've learned is that, you know, for 30 years, I was the fitness expert. I was really comfortable giving advice. I was terrible at asking for help. Yet, to be a keynote speaker, to be an author, to be a podcaster, I hadn't done these things before. So I think it's get really comfortable in not knowing. Find mentors, um, ask for help, be, you know, offer them something in return because, you know, time is valuable and our, you know, our resource of time is limited. What can you bring to the person to help them as they are helping you? Find someone that you respect and look at what they're doing. I think there's nothing wrong in being inspired by someone. Um, And then get really, oh, the other thing is just start, stop. And there's going to have a, come a point, Brian, where you stop looking at what everyone else is doing. One of the biggest pieces of advice I got is turn off your inbox, get rid of all the, you know, the promotions for a while. Because my friend Susie Moore calls it a procrastinator learner. We get so fixated then on watching what everyone else is doing, their launch, their this, their that. We never get going. So at some point, I think it's turning off all the learning. And just start putting stuff into action because the way it's going to get good to great to awesome is by getting feedback. And so you got to put it out there before it's ready. I think Seth Godin says it's got to be just be, be good enough. Get it out there. Just ship it. Get it out there. And then you're going to get, you know, feedback on how to make it great and the iteration 2.0 even better. And that's especially when you need to not let that critic get to your heart because as long as it's constructive, I call it feed forward. You need that. Everyone saying, I love what you're doing is not helpful. You know, you don't get feedback in perfect. You get feedback in the faults and the cracks and the, and the, and the mistakes. So ship before you think you're ready. Fine tune as you go and don't be afraid to ask for help. Awesome. Petra, I absolutely love that. And I'm so excited for you because I know that your first book is just coming out. It's The Perfection Detox, Tame Your Inner Critic, Live Bravely and Unleash Your Joy. Petra, tell us a little bit about that book and where listeners can buy it. Yeah, no, Brian, this is my seven years of life combined with, you know, positive psychology and actionable tips and strategies that would help, you know, any entrepreneur. I think the biggest thing we want, we wait for the perfect time, went for, wait for our products to be perfect. We expect ourselves to be perfect. And that just doesn't happen. And when we can ease up on all this idea that it has to be perfect to be of meaning that's when we get stuck and we stop sharing the message that we have that only you your uniqueness can share in the world so if that resonates with you you can go to perfectiondetox.com and of course there's pre you know pre-sale specials that include master classes with myself and I've lived this and I think you know if we Never get over this idea of perfection. You're not going to be sharing your incredible work with the world. And one of my favorite sayings is the world would rather have your imperfect voice, launch, project, book, whatever, than your perfect silence. 
Awesome. I love that. So you can pick up a copy of Petra's book, The Perfection Detox, Tame Your Inner Critic, Live Bravely, and Unleash Your Joy at perfectiondetox.com. We're going to link to that from the show notes page. Petra, thanks so much for coming on. Where can listeners learn more about you? Um, just my website, Petra Kolber, P-E-T-R-A-K-O-L-B as in boy, E-R.com. And all my social media links are just under my name, Petra Kolber. Awesome. Thank you so much, Petra. It's been so much fun having you on the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast with your host, Brian Lofermento. For show notes and to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit us online at thewantrepreneurshow.com.